you mr josh frederick what do you think of rod sim and the regulator song i love it i'm waiting for the custom theme song but i love this they this are is working good. on something this is chill it gets me in the mood for some good football talk <laughs> oh look at him going steven nelson on us we are getting josh for 25 to 30 minutes then i'll be back then you're gonna be back yes we're losing him to a meeting but you're working on it for the regular season. We're proud of you. Yeah, no, we're good. Once we're back to Wednesdays, no problem. I'll be here. Okay. I know a lot of people recording this on Tuesday. A lot of people are very excited for us to freak out about Odell Beckham Jr. What the fuck? That is. What the fuck is he out there for? Stop. That is going to happen in a second. Uh, I am going to give you some brand new Lefko sprinkles, including the, the key to making good Google teams what and how that approaches to the NFL. And. I have found out how to fix Blake Bortles. We are going to do all of that coming up. But first, let us do the numbers, and then Josh is going to hit us up with some iTunes. Yep. Do you have any 28s for us? Josh, no Rutgers. 28s for me. Damn. No 28s. Give me some 28s in general, though. Do you have any other? No, I, this is not where I participate. Okay. It's either Rutgers or bust. There's one really good 28 that you should know for sure. A really good 28 that you running know. back. In the NFL right now. I, I mean, you He's think all, I pay don't attention choke to this under stuff? the pressure. Okay, all Come right. on, you yeah, can fill out a spreadsheet with the NFL. He was on one team for his entire career. I don't feel pressure. And Sims, he, okay? You're, you're just, choking right now. You're filling pressure. in words. Listen to him. Okay. He just went to a new team. He just for the went first to a new team. Career. Okay. Yep. We're going to get it. Do you want to look at the teams? Yeah. <laughs> look at the teams. He wants. <laughs> look at the teams. He's an. M he was a I former love, MVP. Look at that. Adrian Peterson. Thank you. I didn't even have to look at the team, Sims. It's better than you could have done. What else you got? I'm I'm all messed up now. Okay. Hold on, all twenty uh, other twenty eights. Mm, man, I don't. I'm so bad at this lately. Hargrave is twenty eight, right? Hargraves is twenty eight. Yes, there's one twenty eight. Casey Hayward twenty eight. Uh, no, no, he's changed. I think he was twenty eight in Green Bay. Okay, go ahead, go with your twenty eight. Running backs: Adrian Peterson, Melvin Gordon, uh -huh. Terrence West, Jonathan Stewart, Joe Mixon. Damn. Jamal Charles is wearing 28 right now. That's right. He's not 25 anymore. Alfred Blue, James White, Paul Perkins, Wendell Smallwood, Carlos Hyde. Holy cow. Running A backs. A lot of 28s. It's running backs and DBs. Yeah. That's what the mid-20s typically are. DBs, Teron Ward, EJ Gaines, your man Sean Davis in Pittsburgh, Pierre Desir, and Vernon Hargraves. Wow. Who's a baller. He is. Uh, I have some random stats. Adrian Peterson is the only active MVP winner to never play in a Super Bowl. Wow. Think about that. That is. Interesting. He's partly to blame himself for that. Why? Because he fumbled a lot that night in New Orleans. Oh, people the game blame with Brett, Brett Favre. The yeah. Brett, that's all everybody the talks Brett about. Brett interception right. across the middle. But people forget. The Bounty Gate game. Right. But people forget AP. I think he fumbled twice in that game in Man. big moments. Boy, was he amazing that year. Though. Oh, my God. Uh, and then since we also did defensive backs, I have another random fact. Darrell Rivas, we call him all the time. You say he's one of the top two or three corners of all time? In my eyes, of my lifetime, yes. Darrell Rivas, between 2007 and 2013, went 98 consecutive games without allowing a 100-yard receiver. 98 games in a row, no receiver had 100 yards or more on him. Like, in, in 
and that's and why all he had games. an island, no doubt. And he was covering the number one guy in all those years, except for the year he went to New England, where they put him on the number two guy. Those facts are compliments of Reddit. Reddit, the greatest website that people don't use because they think it's about porn and viruses. I didn't realize it was such a big deal either. Oh, so great. you told me a few weeks ago, and a few guys in the office. I mean, I'd never go on Reddit. Survivor Reddit, really active community. Right. It's yes. great. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting part of the internet that I really enjoy. All time twenty eight. So I'm going to give a shout out to former Eagle Corel Buckhalter. Oh. Oh, and Denver Bronco. Right? Uh, other ones, Corey Dillon, yeah. great running backs here. Warwick Dunn, mm-hmm. Marshall Falk, your man CJ2K, yep. Curtis Martin, your most overrated player, CJ Spiller. Uh, <laughs> you love fucking CJ Spiller. Fred Taylor. Yeah. And here's a guy that I thought was going to be better, Felix Jones. Oh, uh, I know. But that's, uh, a, that's a good list of backs good there. Holy Defensive backs, Daryl Green. Uh, former Eagle Beasley Reese, Darren Woodson, and we have a wide receiver, Ahmad Rashad. Oh, he wore it in 28. Every, this is the thing about Ahmad Rashad. Everyone knows Ahmad Rashad from NBA inside stuff and interviewing Michael, uh, Michael Jordan. Jordan. Right. Unbelievable football player to Oregon. Yeah. First round pick, and then went and had a pretty good NFL career. He did, very People much People so. don't remember that. Yeah. Uh, and those are your numbers. And uh, we're going to get into some tweets now, but we're going to do all of the iTunes reviews at the end. But this one just came in, and Fendrick got so excited. And since he's here, this is a good I one. want him to read it. And so you're going to do it in your Jameis voice. No, 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 no. Okay. I, I'll do my Jameis impression later. I want a Jameis is, speech later from you. Yeah, I can do that. Okay. All right. So this one is called Long Live the Pod, five stars, Nedrick Lamar from Australia, international. Nedrick, Nedrick, Nedrick Lamar. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> These boys are the perfect mix of blokes just sitting around tackling issues and talking ball from an insight and perspective that no one else seems to give you. Lefko's ability to see things from a different angle mixed in with his knowledge for the game has been cool to see grow since the early episodes. Ooh. Sims is as real as they come and I'm <clears throat> almost certain is the reason things like HR even exist. <laughs> That's true. Fendrick That's true. is the kind of guy you would be fine with your daughter bringing home mostly because you know he wouldn't kissy-kissy-huggy-huggy her. <laughs> Kissy, kissy, I huggy. love it. This podcast will honestly change the way you think about NFL players, life, Ryan Holiday books, and health. Yep. No Gatorade wow. and red meat, but beans for life. Best episodes, number 99, hearing Lefko's nuts drop. The second sap <laughs> didn't answer him. And number 70, Jonathan Fader, hearing Sims open up about his mental struggles and how pro athletes approach the game. That was Of a course, the, yeah. Sims ki- uh, the Sims Kids episodes as well. Keep it up, guys. You are the mans. That is awesome. Uh, from really Nedrick Lamar. Nedrick you have a bloke down yeah. there in Australia. Just a couple of blokes talking ball. What yep. was Kissy Kissy Huggy Huggy even from? I, I want to say it was like when I was maybe telling about like the birds and bees to my kids, maybe right. something it's like that. Definitely a Sims. Did you discuss yeah. that on the podcast? I'm yes, of course. Yeah, you were. You wouldn't know. You were. Did, you, did, oh, you didn't cut man. it out. Apparently. Wow. All right. So uh, we have two regular tweets, and then I put out on the Sims and Lefko Twitter account. Give us a question, but then give a voice that Josh has to read the t- the, vo- the oh, question in. And he did like that you. without my permission. Uh, yes. All right, so what are the first regular voices? All right. Do for- these in your Jameis voice. No, I'm not doing it in my Jameis voice. <laughs> Why? Uh, Adam Grego, Adam underscore M. Grego, what flavor are Lefko's special sprinkles? Mm. Uh, they're definitely rainbow flavored. They're rainbow? Yes. By the way, there's a thing in the Philadelphia region in which chocolate sprinkles are referred to as Jimmy's, and I was 
was raised to call them Jimmies. I've heard this. And then I Googled what why they're called Jimmies, and it has to do with black people being called Jimmy. So I don't call them Jimmies anymore. Man. But I had a lot of people that were like, I call them Jimmies. And I was like, I used to. <laughs> now I call them Sprinkles. I, I get really uncomfortable. Oh, good old Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. <laughs> but, uh, but to me, vanilla ice cream rainbow sprinkles is one of the best things of all time. Vanilla ice cream rainbow sprinkles. Yes. I'm not doing chocolate and rainbow, and I'm not doing chocolate and chocolate. I, I wouldn't do either of those. I mean, that's just boring and boring. I'd do mint chocolate chip with rainbow sprinkles. All right, next question. So gross. <laughs> Rossi at Rossi981. Is Cooper Cup the next white boy supreme? Ooh, hashtag white, hashtag boy supreme. white boy supreme. The amount of people that are tweeting at me and going, why won't you let Sims call Cooper Cup a white boy supreme when that's never been an issue? <laughs> Can you just remind everyone that doesn't know what a white boy supreme is? White boy supreme is basically any skill guy in the NFL that's good and his skin color is white. And they're supreme because there's not a lot of them in the NFL, okay? Haven't seen any white corners this year in the field in preseason football. No more Jason Seahorn. Few RIP Jason Seahorn. But, yes, dead, this but. guy has, I mean, Julian Edelman white boy supreme qualities. Time He's, out. Julian yeah. is quick. This Cooper's kid's quick, a- too. He's pretty quick. He is. He's got a little – he's not as quick as Julian, uh, but, of course, he has the size as well yeah. with it. But I've been pretty impressed with what I've seen from I, him. My prediction is every time Cooper Cup plays, yeah. because he's because it's the Rams, they're going to get shitty announcing crews. Um, he's going to have a different announcing crew every week, and they're always going to say, he runs routes like a fourth-year veteran. Yeah, that's that's the phrase I'm expecting. You're exactly right. That's what it's going to be. He's, he, so, he's so smart. Well, it, it, but his smarts, but he is smart. they're going to lead him to a role in an offense that is – Harder to fill than people realize. Yeah. And his skill is going to get made to look better than it is in that position. That's what sometimes people don't realize because Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, or a Tavon Austin on the outside of that, that defense, they're going to get a lot of attention. So now you get the favorable matchup on the inside. Yeah. And he'll do that. And McVay knows how to use slot receivers. I'm telling you, man, when he gets that, when he stretches for that third, white down, yeah. boys. All right, let's get your voice Twitter. So what? All right, this is going to be so bad. All right, I didn't so practice hard. it at all. It's, this is my suck. question is: Should you tell us the voice ahead of time, or should Sims have to guess? I want to uh, guess. Yeah, we can. Okay, see so it. just do the voice, okay. and Sims will have to guess. All right, so this question is from Jim Brunell at jburn48. <laughs> this is going to be so bad. I should have practiced this. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Now that the season is around the corner, how should I approach watching? This is awful. NFL regular season games. Hashtag peace out, homies. All right, so what voice do you think he was doing right there? Randy Moss. Nope. Nope. Darn it. Big Phil Sims. Ah, <laughs> that's right. I, I honestly was going to say somebody from the Sims family. Oh, you should have gone with it. Right, so what was the actual question? Uh, now that the season is around the corner, how should I approach watching NFL regular season games? This is an interesting question. We get a ton of comments that always say, thank you for helping us to like know what to watch. Yeah. Break it down. They're sitting down in front of their television. Right. How do you watch the game? Okay. Listen, it's, it's a little bit of a, a learned skill, I guess, to a degree, but uh, it's not that hard. You guys have gotten there with me. I mean, I, I you, first, I just got to pay attention, right? You got to watch. I watch for people who are running on and off the field. I try to pay attention to the little minutia 
in between snaps. But to me, the first thing I'm always going to look at, they break the huddle of the offense. What formation are they going into? What are the key? Where are the key defensive players on the field? Where are they lining up? Like, where's a Fletcher Cox or an Aaron Donald or a Von Miller? And you try and do this in the 15 seconds that they come up there. Which I is, do. It can be tough. It can be tough. But, There's so no the first doubt. thing is offensive formation. Yes. Second thing is defensive studs. Defensive studs, right. Just see where they're going because you want to go, oh, who's okay. he going to be matched up against? Now we're paying attention to motions. Paying attention to motions. You know, there. Do you again, guess what the play is going to be? I mean, that is, I think, a little bit of a. I, I, if you play quarterback long enough, you learn that in certain formations, there's only a certain amount of plays that you can really get right. to that a coach can say, this is sound football, right? Snap of the ball. Snap of the ball. Of course, I'm going to watch the quarterback drop back, and I'm going to see people get off the line of scrimmage. Defense ends. Like if somebody gets off at a ridiculous step or the blitz, anything there to just go. Okay, are they going to be able to protect him? Right. And then on TV, you can't really see the routes down the field in a lot of times. So I'm really just trying to guess at the snap to maybe see, did a safety roll down to the screen? Or right. there are no safeties and two of them were back deep, whatever it may be. And then I just try to go from there and piece it together with the replays. What I, I try it. to watch when I'm watching it live is I look at formation on offense, mm-hmm. defense, I, I look at like where they're lining up, and if I'm anticipating a blitz, I look at how many rushers are coming. Yeah, sure. Because if they get through, the play's dead. Right. And then if not, I can go, oh, the offensive line picked it up. He should have time now. And with that stuff, like you know, you you see it. Like, oh, okay, they're blitzing four guys to the left. Right. Is this a stupid offense and just doesn't do anything about yes. it? Are they smart? Do they pass protect and like change the protection? Are they smart and run away from it? Right. Those are how you gain your little clues to go, oh, this team, like, they don't waste plays. Like, oh, Tom Brady doesn't run the ball into seven people on the left and go, here you go, just figure it out, guys. Sometimes I, you see that happen. I know. Oh, so I think those... the hardest thing for me as a novice football watcher is I can't take my eyes off the ball. Like, I can never it's focus hard. on the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. or on the receivers. How much time do you dedicate looking at the lines as a play is developing? I, uh, the line is what I was schooled to do, right? So, like, I mean, literally, John Gruden used to yell at me. He'd be like, what's the front? I mean, I'd, I'd break the huddle. I'd be like, yeah, tell me the front. And I'd have to yell out, like, under or over, 59 or 25. We had these numbers for the yeah. fronts. Because he wanted to know. He goes, if you know the front and you know what they're going to do, there's only so many defenses they can play behind it. So if you get up and the shade nose tackle is to your right, you know that they like the blitz over there. They like to play this coverage behind it. It gives you the clues. And they were constantly on me in my young part of my career. Him, Jeremy Bates, the, the quarterback coach for the Jets right now, would be like, no, dude, you can't just watch football anymore like a fan like you got to sit there and watch it like you you know everything oh this is the this is this blitz this is that that coverage and i it's a learned skill the other thing i'll say to people that are watching as fans when you focus on the the pass rush which is kind of how i look at Mm -hmm. it just to see if they're going to get pressure it makes you appreciate quarterback play more because when you see it all barreling down on him you can see it all developing and you're like oh get it out and then when they do or they make a move you you can see their awareness and their ability, right. but yeah, if you're just watching the ball and you're like, "Oh, where did that guy come from?" Yeah, that happens. Yeah. All right, next, let's guess. Guess the voice. So this isn't an impression. This was just a requ- an adjective. You want to do guess the adjective oh, yeah, here? No, no, no. Just okay. okay. What's the adjective? The adjective is spooky voice. Ooh. And this is from Jack Snyder, thirteen. That's a spooky voice. What are a... you more hyped about? <laughs> what? McVeigh turning around Jared Goff. Or Trubisky having success starting the season. So that was his spooky voice. That was more like creepy. 
Creepy. Yeah, that was okay. child creepy stalker. And spooky are no, pretty spooky close. would be. What are you more excited about? Okay, I'm sorry, I didn't meet like, your definition of spooky. Like the question Paul, is, like Paul what Schaefer are you more hyped about? McVeigh turning around Jared Goff or Trubisky having success slash starting this season? I'm probably yeah. more hyped about the Trubisky thing, but I am pretty excited about what Jared Goff looks like. I mean, this is the reason you bring Sean Sean McVeigh in. But I I, I gotta say Trubisky. Uh, lights me up a little bit like to the really? point yeah i feel like it's uh this is a kid that has a potential to be a real superstar does him, he have more potential than goff uh i do i do believe he has more potential than goff definitely yes him and mahomes like i look at those two guys and go they have potential to be really something special two three years from now like do like, they have like, more potential than wentz it's really close I think Mahomes does. I think Mahomes has the highest ceiling. I do, too. Mahomes, to me, can be Brett Favre, like we've talked about so many times. He can be that transcendent guy that we only see you know, every few years come through the yeah. NFL. All right, last one. Last question. All right, this one I'm not going to be able to do. This is – I can't. Great. I can't do this one. You can't do it? I'm honestly – I'm not even going to try. No, no you I got, have to I got try. nothing good. All right, can you tell us what no, it no, is? No, 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 okay. no. Josh, try. Oh, man. All right. J- <laughs> JB at Jubair22. <laughs> <laughs> how on earth can the Raiders have? I mean, I don't even know. If I'm, right. How on earth can the Raiders have the same defensive problems since last year's preseason and Norton still have a job? I lost it. I got nothing. It's a question we've been asking all offseason. It is a great question. But you think Pagano? I do think Pagano. We've been saying that. This too. is the thing. I haven't got into the. This is where I like, okay, I like the way Jared Goff looked, right? And I was a little concerned with the way the Oakland secondary looked, too. But I haven't studied that film yet. I, I want to watch it. But just from watching the TV copy, Oakland was playing very simple. Yeah. So that's why I don't go like, oh, I'm definitely on the golf bandwagon. I like the way he looks, his demeanor. I'm also not looking at Oakland going, oh, they're idiots. But, yeah. hey, the pass coverage was an issue last year. That's that's the only reason I think they brought John Pagano in there. Mm. To real, They realize, like, Ken Norton Jr., He's a linebacker. He might be great with the front seven, but he might not be in tip-top shape with the coverages. Sure. And Pagano is known for that. I mean, they what two years ago in San Diego, I believe they had the second-best pass defense in football. Uh, last year they weren't as good, but Verrett and some people got right. hurt. Um, you have an animal story. Animal story, real quick. It just really pissed me off this week. My little girl goes to a horseback riding camp. It's not even a horseback riding camp. It's like a farming camp, but she loves it, right? And Yo, your your kids are wild. So love she it. loves it. She wants to be a farmer. I'm only working here at Bleacher Report to buy my little girl a farm. That's the only my only purpose in life. She's like, Dad, know. are you getting another job yet? I need this farm. Hurry. So, but she she has this camp. She likes this one girl, right, in the camp. My wife is talking to the mom after. They live in England, so they must be really rich, and they're just here for the summer. But So now we find out why they're rich. They, my wife tells me. My wife asks, oh, you know, where's your husband? She goes, oh, he, he lives in Africa. We only see him really a few times a year. She goes, oh, really? What does he do? What do you think he does that would piss me I'm gonna off? I'm going to say poach lions. Mother, what? Yes. Can somebody? Yes. Stop. Yes. He takes the ultra-rich around. The ultra-rich. His job is to poach lions. And he kills endangered animals. And my wife said the woman and the kid were like very my, – my wife was amazed that the little girl that was friends with my little girl was like very happy and proud to say it. My little girl Charlotte did not hear this conversation. So when my, mom, when my wife went home and told her, the friendship ended really right there. My what little did your, girl, Yeah, what did your daughter She do? just was like, what? Well, why would anybody do that? I just – and she's just asking questions like, how how endangered are the lions, Dad? And 
So that just ah, absolutely fuck. killed me, right? I don't understand. How can you live with yourself? I got an idea. And why? You got to go to dinner with this couple. Oh. Oh, yeah. Let us come. I down. don't think I, I don't think I, he's going to end up murdering. He's going to shoot me from long distance and I'm going to be dead. My plan was going to be put some eye drops in his water. And just, let us shit know, his brain yeah, out. Yeah, shit his brain yeah. out. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> yeah. Man, that sucks. That's a heart. That's a heartbreak. I can't believe that's a real profession. And why, a career. why? Why do rich people feel like they have to go somewhere and hold up a like animal to feel justified? Are they just that bored because they can do everything in life because they're that rich and they just go, "This is another thing they have yeah, to do." Ego, ego and power is dangerous. Man, it kills me. I just don't get it. You know right, what? Sorry. Changing. Speaking of endangered species, that's what Odell Beckham Jr. is. Look at that. Talk about a segue from your host right here. Unbelievable. I mean, if Segways could bring in some money, I would, I would be really good at that. By the way, I, if I see another one of these fucking TV news guys do like forty-four references, like the thing that I did, like all those years ago oh, in yeah, Louisville, forty-four references of Travis Scott, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. I need to get residuals on that or something. You do. I'll be so back in fifteen. Enjoy the conversation right, about so, okay, Yep. Who's the meeting with? Can you tell us? No, I can't. No. Super secret. Dude, did you watch the the uh, Giants game last night? I was in and out. I didn't see the Odell injury okay. happen. No, no right. he didn't know because I texted you guys when he well, got hit and he didn't respond. Right, so I knew so you wasn't I was right cooking away. dinner. We're oh, okay. recording this Tuesday. Uh, last night, Giants Browns uh, second quarter. Odell Brian Odell Beckham Jr. is hit by Brian Body Calhoun. Um, immediately after, he spun his helmet, threw it off. He kind of was like testing out his leg a little bit. He walked to the sideline. He was cursing. He looked distraught. He jogged on his way to the locker room, mm-hmm. goes in through double sets of doors, through a few curtains. Uh, the camera followed him in the hallway, and he kind of went down onto his knees, and his head was covered by a towel. And I'm in my apartment, and I'm freaking out. Yeah, I'm freaking out. Mm-hmm. And I go, you know what? Maybe it wasn't that bad. Maybe it wasn't that bad. I get a text. It's Sims. <laughs> He is hurt. That's what you texted me. Yeah. And I went, are you fucking kidding me? And then you wrote right after that, he might be out for the year. I was really And scared. I'm freaking out. Yeah. Now, where we stand right now, he's still waiting on the MRI. Yeah. This is Tuesday. It, it, he, uh, we're going to, I guess, say that he's fine. The way he talked afterwards, fine. They said it was an ankle issue uh, injury. Uh, he's going out right now, and the story just came out that he's looking into a $100 million insurance policy, mm-hmm. and that would cost him $600,000. Um, let, let me just. What was your reaction when you saw it? You thought it was bad. I I really did. I'm still not. I, I, I I'm not trying to be a doctor here. I still don't think we're out of the woods with this yet. First of all, this is the thing I, I've talked about a little with some other people. I would like to know if he's a Toradol guy, right? Because most guys, when things like this happen, they don't even know what hurts yet until they wake up the next morning, and then they go, oh, man. NFL propaganda, too, to me, is like, oh, his ankles hurt. Why? Only because they x-rayed his ankle because they didn't have an MRI machine in the building, right? So to me, I still think he he had to have woken up with a, a bad knee. I still think that would be the case. Maybe it's a high ankle sprain, which is going to be a pain in the butt, but I screamed, left go. I swear to you, I screamed. As soon as he caught the ball, I could see the guy coming in, oh. and I knew the position he had caught it in. I said, oh, man. And I went, ah! Oh! And my little boy, he was like in the other room. He ran in. He's of like, what, what happened? And I was like, oh, no. I was like, Philip Odell Beckham Jr. might be hurt. And she's like, he's like, why? Well, why are they playing him? He even said that. He said that. Because he's heard me a few times. Yeah, they said the good players don't play. And, um, yes, so I, I was there. And then, you know, again, I just don't know what – I mean, 
as a football fan, how could you be happy to see that? It just again in preseason, meaningless football. We're gonna miss the most exciting guy maybe in the game for the whole year. So I was heart heartbroken from that. Right. The Giants can't win the Super Bowl or be in the Super Bowl without Odell Beckham Jr. No, I don't think. And then I think what even furthers along is like I had a few idiots like text me like a Skip Bayless tweet. Right, like where he's like, why is he such a drama queen? So this is where I want to get into it. So, and that's to me like, oh, you mean he's a drama queen because he cares about his life and football and wants to be great, and now he gets on his knees in a hallway where he thinks he's not being seen, right? But he's a drama queen. So because let of me that. let me get into this Don't because get this is uh, something that I realized yesterday, um, and it's, I didn't even mean to go down this way. But no, is this, this, are we this going is, together here? Yeah, yeah. So one thing I do love. That as soon as it happened, we were inundated with tweets on the Simpson Lefko account saying this is exactly what you guys have been talking about. This is your worst nightmare. What the hell? What is going on? That's why Aaron Donald's not playing right now. Two debates were launched as soon as this play happened. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, was the hit dirty and should there be a punishment? So that was the first one. I don't think it was dirty. Don Van Nata came out on ESPN and said you should be suspended for the season if you do this in preseason. Uh, Peter Schrager said that the Good Morning Football crew today said that the hit was legal. The guy needs to make a play. Football isn't always pretty. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, so that was the first one. Right. All that. The second one was, is Odell overreacting? <laughs> I had a sales guy come up to me and go, yo, he's a diva. And I didn't say anything. Like, I just walked away. And if he's listening, I'm, I, I don't like your take. Yeah. Uh, I had a producer tell me, oh, he was definitely hamming it up. Uh, we even had a guy tweet at you. I know you don't check your Twitter and say, this is Tampa Sports Freak Sims. I know you love Odell, but you can't tell me his departure wasn't dramatic. He can't leave like every other player. Just saying. So let me get like first into this. Um. Would cameras follow every other player into the locker room? No. He literally tried to get away from the cameras to then do this. You also, was he hamming it up? Was he praying that his leg and that his livelihood and that his future was going to be okay? Maybe he was in pain. It's okay for him to spin his helmet on the ground in frustration. His entire life almost changed right then. Yeah. We had Jarvis Landry say, tweet out, this is why I hate the preseason. Right. The problem is it's not just the preseason. And it goes back to the thing that, that the apparently Good Morning Football said where that's just football. That's how flimsy this shit is. Whether it's preseason week two or week one or week three, does it matter if it's week one? Because either way, no, Odell Beckham Jr. has got no guarantees that he is being taken care of for playing. If he tore his ACL, PCL, MCL, complete knee reconstruction, year of rehab, comes back slower, he's not seeing anything. He's a different player. Is getting a new contract going to prevent him from getting hurt? No. But I'll tell you what. He will never be the same this season unless he gets a contract. Because what I saw from him in the hallway was not someone hamming it up. I saw someone consumed with fear. I saw him after the game shocked. Because now, do you think he's going to go up for every ball when there's a safety coming? No. When he's going across the middle, is he going to be looking out? Absolutely he is. You said this before. You need to remove the fear from this equation, and now that fear is really in the equation. Before it was a hypothetical, what Mm -hmm. if I get hit? Mm -hmm. Now it's a, 
I almost had my fucking career ended on preseason week two. One, why am I playing? Two, it's a reality now. Yes. He is not going to be able to play the same way he is capable of because of that fear. You have told that story many times about Brandon Marshall, right. week 17 against the Eagles yep. at the link. Yeah. He looked at you and said, Chris, I can't fucking do this. Yes. And you said, what? And he said, I am going to get injured and I do not have long-term security and I'm freaking out right yeah. now. That's all he was worried about. I don't want to get hurt in this game. That's and all he said. Guess who? Guess who is giving Odell advice? I know Brandon fucking Marshall. I, I haven't heard in back. The locker room. I would like to know how he feels too because he had to get X-rays Brandon in Marshall's shoulder. going to an X-ray right now. Right, and I did. I texted him. I haven't heard back from him, so I hope that's not a pre uh, anything bad. But yes, again, I hope Brandon can get in Odell's ear again. Odell needs to go up to the Mara's office, and he needs to say, "Listen, that was like shock." Cult, I mean, that was a life-shocking moment. I'm not playing anymore until I get the money. That's just the way it now, has to I be. I saw you on Pro Football Talk, what you're doing this right. year, and Florio said, look, he showed up. He can't not show up now. Yeah, no, that's that's not true. I don't believe that. And I, I tried to tell Mike, like, he can, he, he's going to show up and still be there, but he could just play the, you know, the baby card. He's got to take care of himself a little bit. You know, my hamstring's a little tight today, or... Nope, I can't. I can't do it. He's gonna have to kind of be a diva and treat himself like his own individual business, which he is. I'm just saying, I, this is something I lived, so I know. I mean, I got, I went to the playoffs. I got tendered as a first and third round pick. I made two point three million dollars. I was playing really good. I could have commanded more money along the terms of. A starting quarterback. You were, you were in what year three of a four year contract? I was, I was in. I was my. I the Bucks. I did so good as a rookie, and I think they were so impressed with. They gave me a three year deal, my original deal, because I think. So you were kind of an Odell situation where you could have demanded more money, but you said, "I'll play ball." And then your spleen exploded, and they cut you, and your career was never the I same. Got, I got money after the next year because they didn't know I was going to be totally screwed up the next year. Either. So they gave me money, and but I, not. But the, not but the not money the I was about to get, right? I mean, I, yes, millions and millions of dollars. You can't do it. I don't understand, and this is for all the people that are out there as football games are going on, I don't understand the people that are saying he's a diva. Like, I don't think that people understand how the media works and how, like, he didn't ask for all the cameras to show up to him. He didn't ask for the camera to follow him. Like, anyone that calls him a diva, uh, those to me are what I call Sports Center fans, people that watch, like, the 40 seconds the next morning and they don't really give a fuck and they just, like, talking shit on people. And the other one is, like, the just do your job and play through he can do his job better if you pay him yes if, if i went to your office and i said listen if you are still working here next year you're going to get a really nice contract but you know every tuesday you're going to get you're, we're going to have somebody come in here and they're going to punch you in the face and if you don't show up to work ever like we're not going to pay that was a bad fucking example but that didn't make any sense but you have a threat all the time. He can he can ball out. He can go a hundred percent without fear. Fear is in the equation. Fear is in the equation. It's the worst thing for a football player because football players are pretty much fearless, except for this one little subject. I mean, it really is. This is the one. What thing. What do you think, Aaron Donald and Le'Veon Bell are thinking? Oh, right they're now? like uh, they're just. Did that reinforce it? That's what I want to say. Is like first of all, the right move 
karma is for him not to play. That's the right move by him in his world of karma. It's the right move by him in the world of karma for the NFL players of the future. He's the guy that can stop this. He can do it by himself. He's that famous. He's that polarizing. He's that awesome. He is, I, like I told you, Lefko, he's the best receiver I've ever seen. It's him, Randy Moss, or T.O., or Jerry Rice. For me, that's the four best I've ever seen. Was Antonio Brown being a diva, laying on the field, acting like he was dead when he got hit in the head against Cincinnati? By Vontaze, perfect. Yeah, was, he, laid, he got up and walked under his own power. Was he being a diva, acting like he was there dead when he like, was sprawled out? So why does, I just don't understand the, I've seen A.J. Green hurt his foot, and he comes off the field, and he throws his helmet on the ground, yeah. and he was, I don't. So Odell Odell's, does these things. Odell's a different level. I just don't get the the haters of Odell. Out we there. sound very similar about Odell the way we sound about LeBron. I, I, you're right. You're right. I don't really get it. I don't even. I, Why I'm, can't you appreciate the greatness of this guy? Yeah, I don't. And know. And he's less like polarizing the LeBron and the fact that you know he didn't leave a team and go somewhere else and try to create his own team yeah. and all those things. I but, find LeBron to be very annoying on social media. I, I, I get you. I know. And I don't feel that with Odell. Yeah, I don't Odell either. doesn't do anything. No, Odell is cool. The Carolina game threw people off. When he tried to dive at Josh Norman's head, he was freaking out. And the true thing is, is we don't know what those guys were saying. You don't know Josh. I know Josh Norman. He's crazy, just like Odell. Like yeah. you, not he ain't gonna step down from a fight. It doesn't matter who it is. So. Yeah, that's just football players. Again, we're mad because what they care. I don't understand it. But we yet I- are the ultimate players podcast. We are the size and speed podcast, and no one has size, speed, and is a better player than Odell. We're quickly becoming the Odell Beckham podcast, which I'm very happy to align with. Me too. I am on Team Odell. Me too. And it's it's unreal. Uh, what's also interesting is the divide between players and owners. And man, that was another thing last night that I don't know if everyone saw, but oh, the timing. Pro football talk, two stories right next to each other. Number one, white Browns player kneels for anthem. Crowd of Browns players go on one knee. The next article, Robert Kraft gives Donald Trump a Super Bowl ring. That is the divide between players and owners. Right there. Yes. The, the excuse was that it was actually an extra ring because the Patriots were the first team to ever go to the White House. There's no fu- there, I've never heard of a rule where the first team ends up giving a trophy to the to – the, like, it's not like the White Sox were the first one for Obama. They're like, hey, we got an extra replica made of the World Series trophy. We're giving this to you. That to me is crazy, but Robert Kraft, I know he denied it, Aligns with Trump. I would just want to say it's the elephant in the room in the NFL right now with the players. It really is. They You're look, still hearing about it? Yes. They they look at the coaches and the front office people in a different light than ever before. And I thought what was really interesting was what is Hugh Jackson going to say now? I know. Hugh Jackson said he doesn't want his Cleveland Browns to take a knee or do any action. But what he got was the most action of any team in the NFL. Jamie Collins, Seth DeValve, Duke Johnson, Kenny Britt, Ricardo Lewis, Terrence McGee, Calvin Pryor, Jamar Taylor, Isaiah Crowell, Jabril Peppers, and Christian Kirksey all took a knee. Deshaun Kaiser, Cole Quitt, and Marcus Martin all stood in support. Mm -hmm. I went through and looked. Every single position group was represented except for the D-line. That was the only one. And Mm. I I don't know if that was on purpose, but linebackers, tight ends, running backs, safeties, corners, every single one. Seth DeValve is white. He's the first guy to take a knee. Terrence McGee is interesting because he's a fringe guy. 
You want to talk about your, yourself taking a stand and possibly getting cut? Yeah. I just, I'm Seth very. Val also married to a black woman, woman, and he's going to have a black child, of course, that he even talked about this a little bit. Really? To go and, like, he doesn't want his kid to grow up in this world that we have right now. So mm. good for him in making that stand. I just, I'm very curious what Hugh Jackson's going to say. Hugh, I don't know if you saw this. Hugh, during the middle of the week last week, kind of backed off his whole thing of not wanting to do it, right? right? And he kind of made a statement like, hey, I, I don't want to say it. I don't want them to do it. I respect their right. I have a feeling he made that coming because he knew this was coming. I think all coaches don't want anything that's going to be a distraction. Yeah. And that's the insulting thing on all this is to consider an arrest the same type of distraction as a protest. To consider a protest the same kind of a distraction as a reality show. They don't want anything. They don't want you to buy a new house. They don't want you to have a baby. No, you're right. Like if you had a baby, they'd be like, you should be at practice. <laughs> But this is them trying to speak up. And again, I'll say this to everyone out there that says, why don't they just talk about this in press conferences? When is the last time that you saw a press conference on television? Never. Mm -hmm. They don't show press conferences on television. Very rare. But they'll show five seconds of people kneeling. Yeah. What is the more impactful visual? Right. And I don't think people think about how media works. Seth the Valve, I guess, had comments. Yeah. I scour. I didn't see any of the comments anywhere. Right. They don't get pushed out. Right. So be effective. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is effective. I, uh, I really I, I hope like people to... are over this. I hope people have realized what the cause is and it's not no disrespect to America. It's not. It's and not... I know we have some iTunes comments about that, but no, yeah. it's not. Uh this is a big moment. We are retiring whoa big off season cuz it's actually getting to it's the not season. The season. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'd like to start a new segment called Whoa! Big Preseason. <laughs> uh, it never dies, people. The woes are here to stay. Uh, Mariota, having a good preseason, and I know you wanted to talk about him. I guess you saw a, a Twitter comment that said, I can't believe you guys didn't talk about Mariota. I, I did. You know, I did, I did, we, do, we, do, we, we probably, out of the really top-tier quarterbacks, like the top half of the football football league in, in the quarterback position, I feel like Mariota's probably the guy we talk about least. All right, so we're doing some self-scouting. Yeah. We're too hard on Drew Brees, and we don't give Marcus Mariota enough credit. Yes. I appreciate that. We're honest with ourselves. So talk about Mariota, what you've seen so far. Mariota, I think the thing that just jumps out to me that I wanted to say is, yes, impressive the other day against the Carolina Panthers – Yes, looked fast as hell running around Oof. the right edge, right. Um, but I really, what I jumps out to me, and, and, and guys listening to this, you just check it out. I feel like his motion has become less mechanical. And I and if you're if you could see, I mean, he was very deliberate in his mechanics. If I could just explain it that way, I'm putting all of the clips on YouTube. So right. if you're listening on some form of podcast device, well, I'm putting it on YouTube. Okay, yeah. So he was and very mechanical and keeping his arm really strict as he threw Because that's it. kind of what his personality it was. It is a little bit. But I feel like this year I've seen him, he's letting it go. It's it's more about just, okay, I feel like I'm comfortable with my technique. I can yeah. just play. And if you saw like the, the corner route to Delaney Walker in yes. the back in the end zone, that was the throw to me that just jumped out. I, I, not that Fluid. it was like – it was just fluid. It was like he flicked it. It was Aaron Rodgers-ish. And that's maybe the last piece of the puzzle that he needed. Wow. He was not a top-tier thrower of the football. He was somewhere in the middle of the pack. Mm. And if he can do things like that where he can throw from awkward positions and hit the comeback when people are around him, he can still flick it out there like then that. Then he's ready. Then he is ready. I thought you were going to say how great Trey McBride looked. 
My guy. Left Coast Sprinkle. Uh, he was fucking great. He was. I right? mean, they had the other. Taewon Taylor looks great out of Western Kentucky, No too. doubt. Taja Sharp's off the it, pup, it, I think. It is. It's making me realize, though, as you're saying this, Jameis has looked incredible in the first two preseason games. Right. Mariota's looking fluid. Golf looks reborn. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here with Carson Wentz and going, motherfucker's still overthrowing people. I'm a little worried. Oh, it, he looks good. He does look good. I mean, he's still a baller. He's still unbelievable at improvising, getting out of the pocket. But no, he has to fix that motion. Like, like I said in the podcast a long time ago, he needs to come see the Sims family. Legit. Dak looks great, too. Dak, Dak does look great. really great. I know. Uh, got just some news to kind of go over this. You said uh, coming off the pup was uh, Tajay Sharp. Tajay Sharp. Yep. Dayon Buchanan is now off the pup. Yep. Uh, I just got an alert from the amazing Bleacher Report app, which I encourage everyone to download. Jalen Ramsey set to make his preseason debut on Thursday. Oh, baby. As is Cam Newton. Oh, baby. Talk about that in a second. Donald Penn is expected to end his 25-day holdout. Uh, he's making $5.95 million for a pro bowler. Have they said anything about giving him a sweetener? Have Haven't, I heard that? Nope, but it, apparently it's going to end. Uh, Brandon Marshall will still waiting on an x-ray, and and Shaquille Barrett is expected to resume football activities. Good for him. Cam Newton, yeah. Thursday night. Uh, just for people that are listening to this, they're probably going to get it on Thursday. What are you looking for in terms of judging how healthy Cam Newton is? I, I don't think you're going to have to look at it too much farther than just the, the way the ball comes out of his hand. Does the motion look different than what we've seen the past? Do you want it to look different? No, I don't. I okay. think he's 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 bit, he was schooled by Warren Moon coming out, and I think he's tried to stay pretty true to that, right? Just he keeps it kind of real high. It's contr- the only thing that always freaks me out about Cam Newton yeah. is when he looks like he's going to throw it 70, but he throws it 20 yards almost down. Downwards. Like, Cam Newton is so interesting that when he throws these laser beams down, he's the only quarterback I've ever seen that the ball goes down. Yes, it does. He can, He does – he doesn't get his hand involved. He's not a flicker like we just talked about Mariota. He kind of just overpowers the ball like we saw in the interception in the Super Bowl. He threw it down the middle of the right. field and went off the receiver's hands. But, yes, he does throw it down. Is he going to have to change that as he gets older? I don't think so, no. Because it's all compact. It is. It's very compact. It's so it's efficient. like kind of like when you're lifting and they tell you to kind of keep everything compact instead of trying to do it with your arms. Yes. But I just – It's think the only the... weightlifting comparison I can ever make. <laughs> I think the only thing we got to watch for with Cam Newton is – it's really about how he is with just timing, things mm-hmm. like that. Is he going to be able to hit on all cylinders in week one in their game? Yeah. And the maintaining of the arm, like I've said to you, I know we've talked about this a lot, but just the maintaining, like if you haven't been really able to throw right all out and now all of a sudden, hey, it's yeah. time to throw all out five, six days in a row, Right? is that going to lead to a tendonitis, a sore shoulder, whatever it may be? Panth- I just think Panthers have been one of those teams that, that I'm kind of getting a disappointing vibe from mm-hmm. thus far in the preseason. Their offensive line with two Khalils not looking great. Kelvin looks good. Funchess does not look good. Yeah. I haven't seen Curtis Samuel. Christian McCaffrey is a game changer when Olsen plays, but I don't know what to expect from Luke Keekley just after everything that happened. I know. They, the, the, but their, their corners, the young guys look nice. They do look good. Bradbury and uh, Worley. Can somebody get after the quarter rack? That's no. one thing I'll watch, right? I, I don't think they can either. I don't see anybody. Waiting for Butler to show up. Right. Um, um, all right, now it's a segment. It is time to fix Blake Bortles. Uh, the the fantastic Bortles fact Twitter that we loved has been inactive hmm. since our last podcast. They haven't tweeted, but no worry. I have real Blake Bortles facts to give you. First one, there was an article that came out last week called Six Quarterback Options for the Jaguars to Replace Blake Bortles. Jalen Ramsey liked it. 
That's interesting. That is very interesting. That was one of those. So this is an NBA thing that I've never seen crossover to NFL. NBA, there's this social media where if LeBron likes a like a post that's like dissing Kyrie, it's like, oh, we have one now. Jalen Ramsey liked to post with that. Second one, the Jaguars in their unofficial depth chart from their game notes mm-hmm. put a question mark at quarterback. They did not list one, two, three. They put a question mark. Uh-huh. Sounds like it's Chad Henney's position to, to win. How can it not be? What was really interesting to me is I go on Reddit, and there was a Reddit thread called, Why is Blake Bortles getting so much hate? And then I did a radio interview in Canada on Saturday, and they asked me, Why is Blake Bortles getting so much hate? And all of the stats from the other year. And I just, I still can't believe there are people on the other side of this. They don't know. They just see the numbers. You went on Pro Football Talk and said Blake Bortles is not ready to play the position. It was the number one trending topic on Reddit, and it went all over the place. Wow. And you looked at me and said, Adam, I don't get it. We've been talking about this for two and a half years. Michael Lombardi joined in a little bit later, and he joined in to like talk about Blake Bortles stuff too. We've been saying this since the draft. I mean, I'll go and get the video. You gave him an F. Yes. The worst third pick of the draft I've ever seen. Period. Everyone on the draft was going, well, he could work. He's got the size and speed. He had a good walkthrough. Yeah. On the draft, you gave him an F. We've yes. been saying this for three or four years right, now. Right, right. And people still don't get it. No. And, and I'm telling you, you're going to go on national TV, take all of your Sims and Lefko greatest hits. Right. And just, and just regurgitate, re- regurgitate them. them. I know. But uh, can you believe that the Blake Bortles thing, people still don't get it? Did you guys hear that Odell Beckham got hurt last night? I just heard this <laughs> out in the hallway. People were talking about it. I totally um, missed that. But I have, a re- I have the way to fix Blake Bortles. Okay. Ooh. So I went back. Gil Brandt tweeted in 2014 that Blake Bortles has a unique talent to throw baseballs left-handed. And I went, hmm, that's weird. Then I went to a 2013 ESPN article that said Blake Bortles is a really good golfer, and by the way, he's a lefty. So I went and I looked it up. Blake Bortles plays baseball. He bats left. He throws left. He plays golf. He swings left. He's a natural left-handed person, but he throws the football with his right hand. How the fuck did this happen? This is it. Blake, you're a lefty. Why are you doing everything in your world righty and you're throwing the football left? Have you ever heard of this before? Never. This goes back to the story a few weeks ago when I said there is one left-handed quarterback in the NFL. And maybe they said, look, Blake, we got a good left tackle. Maybe not a great right tackle. I know you can throw with both hands. Can you throw righty? What is it? Do you think this could be a thing? No, it's not a thing. No, I but I mean, know. but I mean, do you think this could be a reason why he's not good? Oh, without a doubt. It's just not. It's it's what I've been saying. It's not natural. I didn't know this until you told me this yesterday. You said I. You're, I've been seeing that Blake Bortles is actually a lefty. Yes, and it makes a lot of sense because it doesn't look like he's meant to throw the ball. That, I said, so that was your phrase. My, that he Blake was not Bortles put on was... earth to throw the football. Not with the right hand, at least. I know that. Okay, wow. Blake Bortles. Um, I think we solved it. Blake Bortles, it's people just can't get over it. He looks the part. He played in the Fiesta Bowl that year, the UCF. He threw three passes. Right. And they a were go, not, a slant, right. and, a, and a wheel. And we, exactly right. You're exactly right. Good memory. I know I'm actually right. I know. And, that, and from that, it's like people just go, oh, he looks kind of like a franchise quarterback. Oh, he was in a big stage in a college football game. He must be the team and carrying the squad. 
It, it's it the, was Storm Johnson. I mean, you know, how many times did before the 2016 season did I have radio hosts around the country ask me, who's better, Derek Carr or Blake Bortles? Mm-hmm. And I literally, like, shit my pants every time. Like, are you guys fucking kidding me? Yeah. It's, we're talking about Derek Carr, who's, like, inching up on one, to be the best quarterback in football, and we're talking about a guy in Blake Bortles that Lefko, if he gets cut by the Jaguars, he will never play in the NFL again. I promise you. You're going to you. predict that right now. No doubt. You don't think he gets the Roberto Aguayo signing tryout? No. You don't think that he gets the first round bump no that we've way. seen a million times? No. Where guys, I think Jamarcus Russell got another try. I know. He got it with the Redskins. I believe the Shanahan's brought him in I think one time. everybody gets another he try. He will not get another look in the NFL. I truly believe You're that. You're putting the sim stamp I'm on it. I'm putting the sim stamp on it. And we could, yes. I, th- this is the reasons why. All the benefits are going to be gone when he goes to the new team, any new team. He First of all, he's the worst thrower of the football in the league. Every backup in the NFL is a better thrower than Blake Bortles. So that's where you have to start the conversation. And then we dive into the third stringers, and I go, mm, gosh, there's going to be a lot of third stringers that are throw the ball better than him too. So I will say this right now, and this is not blowing smoke yeah. up your family's ass. Matt Sims threw two throws in that Pittsburgh game that I haven't seen Blake Bortles make in years. No. Matt Sims played amazing in that first half of that Pittsburgh game. I just hope he can get on the team. But that's what pisses me off about the NFL because then guys like Blake Bortles, all the all the GMs go, oh, he's the third pick of the draft. Yeah. What are you guys looking at? And, yes, he will have a hard time. you got to remember, everything's been success. Oh, Blake, oh, you know, we're going to give you a good mm. look in practice and we're going to set the game up to give you some easy completions. And it's, it's all been about that and he just doesn't have the physical ability i don't think he'll be in the nfl after this i, I think he's gonna get cut here in the next week or two you think he's gonna get cut yes he's gonna get cut by the jacksonville jaguars you heard it here first spark up the quote card yeah wow can you say that one more time in a perfectly packaged yeah, yeah. quote that would so, be good let, for instagram let's, so here podcast this is what we're gonna do we're getting some love from social let's let's figure out what quote that sims could say to get this on instagram yeah. i would really be shocked nope, it's too much okay <laughs> i will be sh- 140 characters or less. I will be shocked if Blake Bortles is on the Jacksonville Jaguars roster come opening day. Wow. How's that for you? That's a fire. That's, that's a, a good fire one. take. Okay. Nice okay. Put a and you believe it. I totally believe it. I, wouldn't wow. say, I don't really? say shit that I don't believe. Wow. You guys know that. I'm not that much of a shock jock or whatever. Uh, let me explain something really quick. We've gotten a lot of new <laughs> listeners and a lot of people following us on social right now that I don't think I appreciate everyone that's been here the entire time. Yeah. We have a lot of takes that we've been saying for a long time that everyone else kind of figures out later. Right. Uh, we said the Seahawks were crap the last two or three years, right. and no one listened to it. Mm. And it makes us hard to like have opinions because everyone thinks the Seahawks are good, and now we're like, no, the Seahawks are finally back. Yes. But it's not a take anymore. Right. Blake Bortles has been like number one. Yep. That, number one is Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback yep. of all time. Number two is that Blake Bortles sucks. Right. And then we'll figure out the rest. But o- o- Odell. It has been a staple for the last few years. Size and speed. Players yes. podcast. Packers uh, offense sucks. I have another random fact. Speaking of guys getting cut that played in the Bucks jaguars tandem, um, the Bucks are currently 0 for 2 on extra points in this preseason. Aguayo missed one. A folk was blocked. Right. The rest of the NFL, all 31 teams combined, are 112 for 114. Wow. So they have the same amount of misses as the rest of the NFL on PATs in the preseason. 
let's get to a segment we call Holy Quotes. Uh, Mike Martz uh, was quoted in the book by Thomas oh. George that's coming out, Blitzed, Why NFL Teams Gamble on Starting Rookie Quarterbacks. I'm pretty sure I interned for Thomas George at the NFL Network back in 07. But the quote was, in talking about Sean McVay mentoring Jared Goff, what is he, a couple months older than Jared? They hired a buddy for Jared. The NFL has nothing to do with being the friend or the buddy of the quarterback. you got to coach him and work him hard with respect. But buddy, and this guy, is a quarterback expert, an offensive expert. Wait a minute while I puke. Right. He's going to be able to teach and handle and guide Jared through tough times because of all that expertise and knowledge? Right. I'm not going to drink that Kool-Aid. Let me just say that I've never heard of a better quote than, wait a minute while I puke. Mike Martz, a guy that I think has been overrated his entire career. Right. But let me let me just say his take on Sean McVay. Your thoughts? Okay. Um, Sean McVay is definitely one of the better offensive minds in the game. I will say that. Sean McVay, I do believe, has a somewhat of a bad reputation around the NFL with coaches, though. Really? Will, yes. Is it because he's young? He's young. He's cocky. Which, then, then I don't give a fuck about I know, if he's I don't young care and cocky. Either. Yeah, he's young and cocky, which, I mean, I, you, I, we've talked about this with my buddy Kyle Shanahan. There's yes. a reason a lot of the old establishment didn't like him. Like, how dare he be successful and cocky and young about it? Right. So if those are the – what else, though? Why so else do they not the, like him? The, other, the biggest thing I think a lot of people in the NFL believe about Sean McVay is that he's a little bit of a politician. And that Which is a big black like black eye in that profession. It is. He is he they really feel like he is politic to make the name of himself right now to get him into the head coaching search. Um and he's that type of guy, right? So, so you have the Mike Zimmers and the Bruce Arians of the world right. that wait 30 years to become a head coach because they never politic. Yes. And then you have someone like Sean McVay who can politic well. My honest take is tough titty said the kitty, but the milk's still good. That's what I say. Not what I was going to say. Sounds like a quote card to me. <laughs> but, but we had an iTunes commenter talking about Ryan Holiday. Right. Ryan Holiday has a new book, yeah. Perennial Seller. And you know what the chapter I just read was? What was it? If you're an artist and you do not think that your art is worth marketing, then you're not going to be a successful artist. There you go. You can coach, but you also need to do... Like, I don't like to hang out with agents. They're not fun. But guess what? I need to fucking hang out with agents if I want my career to go. That's yeah. how it works. Yes. So that's the same thing, though. So so he's a politician. Then you know what? Mike, I know. Mike Martz just sounds like a, an offensive coordinator that can't get a job and didn't do anything with the Bears or after Kurt Warner. Sounds like the guy we've been talking about, just a bitter old coach who's mad that a young buck is coming up into the ranks of the world. What do you think about the whole buddy thing? I, I don't see it that way. Okay. I really don't. I, you know, I just, I've never known... The biggest buddy I know of quarterbacks in the NFL is Bruce Arians, right? And last time I checked, he's kind of successful. The other thing he said was he, he took a shot at his knowledge and expertise. Do you think McVeigh has enough knowledge and expertise? I do. I don't think he's maybe seasoned, right? I mean, he's only been calling plays for like two years in the NFL. Right. So that I understand, like to say, like, oh, I mean, what's he, what, what the business he has running an organization? Yeah. Sean McVeigh was always head coach material to me. I think I said this to you, you at did. the time. I just didn't think he was quite ready to do that yet. But hopefully he proves me wrong, and I don't think he's going to be a buddy. His life is dependent on making Jared Goff successful. So I think he'll find the right blend of being your buddy, hey, yes. you can do better, and also being like, hey, what the fuck decision was that? Let's go. If, if Sean McVay is on in, all in, 
and he has some experience, but maybe he doesn't know everything. I think that younger people that haven't done it the same way that we've always done it for 20 years are actually opening to adapt. And Jared Goff was with the least adaptable coach, one of the least. I don't want to call Jeff Fisher that bad, but he did it the same way all the time. Yeah, sure. And he was in a quarterback room that this is how it always happened. Yeah. What's the, to me, having a young quarterback with a coach that can adapt to him sounds like the best thing ever. I know. I, uh, I, I, read that alert you just got. Wade, I mean, Wade Phillips is the D coordinator. He's got plenty of other people around him. All right, so if you do not have the Bleacher Report app, you should get it now for amazing this is big news, news and notes. Well, first one, Brandon Marshall expected to be fine after hurting his shoulder. Okay, good. That's good. That according to uh, Rappaport. And then this one is basketball-related. Okay. People close to Re- LeBron expect D. Wade to join Cavs at some point this season. Yeah, I've seen that rumor out there a few times. whoop the fucking do Yeah, I'm over it. I mean, come on. Dwayne Wade, what's, what's he going to do for this? Uh, holy quote, uh, Damari Smith said the lockout in 2021 is almost a virtual certainty. Yeah. I have seen quotes from Eric Winston, head of the NFLPA, saying you better get your ducks in a row. And to me, it really hit home when I saw this. Roger Goodell, there are only two athletes that have made more money than R- Roger Goodell since 2006. A-Rod and Kobe. Oh. A-Rod has made $268 million Kobe has made $233 million. Roger Goodell has made $221 million in the last 11 years. I'm not mad at him. Neither am I'm I. I'm not mad at it. I, I, I get it. He's running the NFL. It's he hard has taken, work. He's the reason why you don't know the San Diego Chargers owner's name <laughs> or the L.A. Chargers. He's the reason that you don't know what Ziggy's last name is for the Minnesota Vikings. You don't know these motherfuckers. Yeah. I tried to explain to you guys how the owner can impact the teams, but we can't. I, a lot of people can't name who the owner of the Houston Texans is. You're right. You don't know that it's Bob McNair. Yeah. And all those issues, the guys that vote on all these things, you know, Roger Goodell. And when there's CTE, who are we looking at? Roger Goodell. When you're mad about Deflategate, you're not mad about the 31 owners that called Roger yeah. Goodell and said, punish you him. You suspend him, right. You're not mad about the Zeke suspension because it's whatever. No, you know, the owners that were all for it, you're mad at Roger Goodell. Right. So he's getting paid that money for that. Yeah. But um, this, I'm not this- excited for the strike. Yeah. I'm not excited because it's going to suck, but it but- needs to happen. And if it works out well for the players, then it would be a victory I, for the podcast. I think it's going to be a different world, and I don't know if fans are going to like it as much when there's no salary cap. Uh, I will also say this. If we get some of these cheap owners out of here, mm-hmm. and this is intense. If we were an NFL entity, this wouldn't work out well. Some younger owners that were some you know, Silicon Valley guys that were willing to spend money, and we got rid of the salary cap, yeah. it could be really fun. Yes. I don't know how. I mean, it's going to blow up, though. They just got to find ways to do Guaranteed contracts. This, to me, is the most important thing of the whole thing. Okay, what is your most important aspect of a possible lockout? Demoris Smith. He has to be reelected here in the next year or two by the players. They, you want him to be. They have to. They want continuation. He's been involved in this for a while in yes. the fight for the players. And what people don't remember about the 2006 strike, it was right after Gene Upshaw passed away. Yeah. And they didn't have leadership. Right. And he just got thrown into it. And they had he got thrown in. Right. And then you had like Drew Brees and Tom Brady in there. And they weren't involved in anything. Yeah. But it seems like right now with Eric Winston, Damari Smith, are they the guys that are going to be perfect? No, there is no guy that's going to be perfect. But at least they know the arguments from last time. Yeah. Players are educated now, too. They are. It's it's becoming more educational. Players are understanding the business. 
I think we're going to see a strike this time of the this time around, unless the owners bend a little bit. I really do because the players, I think, realize that they're getting fucked over. All right, now it's time for what do you got? For I me? was just going to tell you we're trending well over of your initial prediction for how long this podcast yeah, would be. It is. We're not in an hour yet. Ah. Uh, we're just about there. Right no, we're there. almost we're almost done. Oh, okay, good. good. I mean, listen, I'm enjoying it, so take take well, your time. I mean, when you take a 30 minute break from the show, I mean, you of course you're enjoying. I it. was I gone mean, for 17 crap. minutes. But All right, no so big deal. if I have left coast sprinkles, um, I don't know what to call these yet. So maybe I'll put this out to the listeners. What should I call the segment when I have ideas about things that are not related to football, but are just left coast thinking of stuff? Oh, uh, let's put it out to them. Okay. Unless you have one, I don't. I don't it know. used to be called left coast thinking of stuff, right. or. Oh, left goes thinking. Right. <laughs> um, but I'm going to put this one to the podcast Good. listeners. What should we call this segment? Number one, prepare for a social media blitz this season from the NFL. On Sunday, my Instagram feed was filled with touchdown celebrations. Deshaun Watson did a Millie Rock, yep. and that was big. Detroit Lions did the hop, skip, and jump. Marvin Jones, that's what the Marvin Jones was. They were doing like the jump rope and all that stuff. Be ready. It's going to be really interesting. This is an opportunity for NFL players to build a brand. We've worked with this guy, Dylan uh, McNamara's friends with Joe Fourier. Uh, he had those three weeks in a row when he was dancing, and that was all over the place. Right. NFL players can build something right now yes be good at dancing so that's just something to keep a look at i think mondays on instagram are going to be filled with people this is one that really caught my attention the nfl has signed a three-year streaming deal to play games in china and at first i was like whoa the game's going global and then i realized wait NFL games weren't being played in China. I thought that like they just didn't know how to play the game, so they didn't care. You're telling me that the NFL wasn't even on in China? Have you not heard it's a communist country and they control the they freaking get TVs? basketball? But my thing is, is people always talk about, oh, well, the NBA allowed social media, and that's why the Chinese, it's so big over there, and they're global. How about the NBA had their games playing in China? Yeah, right. I didn't realize the NFL was that far behind in that country. Like, they're not ready for global at all if they weren't even being played. Of course they're not. That's a bunch of bullcrap talk. That's why they're sending Russell Wilson and Tom Brady over there for show and tell in China. They're like, look, I we play would, football here in America. I would love an investigation of the attendance of London football games of how many of those people are actually NFL plants. That's my new conspiracy. Uh, you're crazy. Is that they send over like 200 people and they make these people super available for the media and they get great British accents and they're like, we love footy over here. Man. But every Sunday, I would love to see a football game played from NFL stars like Odell Beckham and J.J. Watt. <laughs> That's no, my new conspiracy You're theory. crazy. That one I will not go with because the NFL is all about dollars. And that's all I ever hear from the NFL that – that literally they can't – the whole stadium sold out in 55 minutes when the London people hear yeah, about the game Yeah, of course it is because they're <laughs> buying their own tickets. All right, now the ultimate left go. I don't know what this is called yet. Uh, I get these emails, and, and look, I'm going to be very honest. I read a lot of stuff that a lot of people think are cliches or whatever, but it's about you know making yourself better, and I want to share it with you guys because I want you guys to be better too. So Google's people operations, that's what they call their HR – 
uh, interviewed 200 plus of their employees to figure out what makes a Google team effective. Mm. Because at first they said, well, you throw in two Rhodes Scholars, a genius. Vince Vaughn and... And, and whatever. And not Vince Vaughn. <laughs> like two Rhodes... And you go, we're going to have a great team. And they've learned that that's not successful at all. I'm curious a few things. Right. How many of these do the Patriots do? And how many of these have you seen not work in your other teams? First thing to making a team effective, psychological safety. The team members have to feel safe to take risks and be vulnerable in front of each other. Okay. So to me, this was like film study, calling people out. First thing I thought was... Everyone, it, like in terms of the Patriots, it's almost like no one feels safe, but everyone feels safe because no one is safe. There's something everyone's treated equally. Yes. I will say, from the standpoint of what was the original quote there, feeling team members feeling safe to take risks, take risks. Yeah, okay, sure. That's like you know an NFL coach that okay, you played in the NFL for a little while. You you're a starter ah. now. You're a starter, right? And you do your job all the time. But hey, every now and then you could trust your instinct and take the inside lane. I would take it a step further with coaches. How many times remember that story, I'm not going to say the coach but Kyle was working under a coach and he said let's try this and the coach said I've never seen that before we're not going to run it. Yeah that's not even just Kyle that's a lot of people. I bet you in coaching that's huge to take risks and feel comfortable. The Rams last year didn't feel comfortable taking risks. They were trying to coach for their jobs. Sure. Patriots will take risks. Yes. So that's one. Oh that worked out better than I thought it would. Second one. Dependability. Team members get things done on time and meet the bar for excellence. I mean, that's just... That's just... I mean, that's like Bruce Arians last week. What was he saying? Like, you can't make the team if you're in the tub and all that. I mean, yeah, of course. That sounds like that might be on every team. That is. Availability is... Availability goes into the the, the draft process. I mean, that's mm. all that's talked about. That's why we talk about guys on the ground and yes. things like that where you get devalued because they go, ooh, he's more of a risk to get injured or injured somebody else. These are the Google team concepts to an effective team. They interviewed 200-plus interviews. Structure and clarity. Team members have clear roles, plans, and goals. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed better in some places and not as great other places? No doubt. And I'll give you a quick little insight just to my experience of this because I really had a a good one with this one. John Gruden is the mad scientist, right? My first two years in the NFL, I learned a lot of football. Don't get me wrong. We had 9 million plays, 9,000 plays, whatever. But we weren't necessarily refined on some of the details, right? So I'd throw a slant to my right, and one time I'd throw it, completion, but the guy took like five steps and then Mm -hmm. ran the slant. And then the next time I drop back, and the guy just takes two steps and then runs the slant. And we had a guy named Paul Hackett, his son now Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator for the Jaguars. He came in and was just like, he actually kind of got on Gruden. Like, how do you expect the quarterbacks to be successful when they don't know the way the receivers are going to run some of these routes all the time? And he really conformed it to go, no, there's no more gray area in this. Receivers, you run a slant route, it's three steps, and you cross face. That's it. There's no more gray area. And that, to take that stuff out of your offense or mm-hmm. out of your mind, then you go, okay, I got answers for this. Uh, there's no wishy-washy feeling on – what if they play defense and the coach kind of gives you one of these and it's, well, if they do that, you could play this side, but yeah. you could also play that side. No, a good coach, Bill Belichick, would, or John Gruden would be like, no, fuck you. When they do this, I want you to do that. And they take mm. the gray area out. How else are you going to be successful? How, How many- else are you going to grade me? The next day, if, that's, if, if there's a lot of gray area. How many teams in the NFL do you think have a ton of gray area? A ton. A ton. 
more than not. And again, it goes back to our conversation where we say there's only like a few teams trying to really yeah. win it. This is where I actually like where I would give like teams like the Giants, Seattle, Green Bay, where I bag on their shitty offenses and how bland they are, but there is no gray area. That's why it does work to a degree. Gotcha. Because it's everybody, effective. you know, this is your they rule. They have clear this roles, is is. Right. plans, might be and boring, goals. but this is what it is. Gray area is also how people protect themselves. Because if you don't clarify how you're supposed to I, do I it, I didn't really well, coach them to do that. that. Yeah. Exactly right. And all the crappy coaches do that. That's yeah, exactly and that, right. And that gets back down to psychological safety and dependability. This is fucking great. Yeah. Next one, meaning work is personally important to teams members yeah. and I can't imagine that it, it means more to anybody than the people that are in the Patriots yeah well I mean they, they want guys that love football that are going to live it you think you get do you think there are some teams out there that have a lot of guys that don't really give a shit I think there's or a, have you been around them I think there's teams where they get guys who yeah they don't they're, they're not necessarily in love with football they're in love with being a football player and they have a collection of talented players and I, I know I, I I've said this before the sign that always stick out to me in New England was we're not collecting players we're building a team so he didn't want to have oh I got nine five star players on my defense or whatever but no he wanted guys for sp- specific roles yes. so they team in itself could be better I would even extend that to coaching staffs and front offices like in New England someone in your position where you were the lowest man on the totem pole yes do you feel like you are truly invested in the team's success where in another organization the bitch boys might not feel like they're affecting the organization i i would i would think that for sure yes bill was great at he didn't say a whole lot but i was up there doing my bitch boy work with some of the other you know bitch boys as well he was very good at not in the most charismatic way but making us feel like our job was important like he might just go hey hey you guys are the wheels of this bus here now. I mean, this is this is some of the most important work in our organization. And then he'd walk in the draft room and close the door. And that's number five, <laughs> impact. Team members think their work matters mm. and creates change. Yes, that's big. And you know what? As a player, you think and the Patriots you can win the Super Bowl, and so you're going to give it everything. I got great, great clarification or great uh, – I, 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 I don't even know how to say this. I, I loved when they motherfucked me, like Josh McDaniels might call me down after I broke a game down, right? And he'd come and he'd go, what the, f- this is not this coverage. Like, look at this guy here. You're fucking wrong, Chris. What the fuck? You named all these cover three and they were really mm. f- cover four sky or whatever, right? And I took that to like, damn, okay, good. My work matters. That's great. Right. And then when I would actually have a game where I would go, they would go, you know, why did you call this coverage this? And I go, well, if you look at this and this, and they go, you know, you're right. Way to go. I would that would like make my fucking week. I'd be like, okay, let me go back in the lab and be yeah. a bitch boy, but it made it worse. Because if nobody says anything, then I feel like it's just a waste of time. Yeah. Or yeah. Jamie Collins gets drafted in the second round and everyone says, What the fuck? What? We didn't we didn't scout him. <laughs> and those right. were the five ways that Google builds a perfect team, and apparently they do apply to the NFL. Yes. That's fucking dope. I, yes. Uh, another book. Uh, Jeff Perlman wrote a book, Gunslinger. It's a Favre bio uh, about Brett Favre. Uh, Apparently, Brett Favre broke multiple fingers in his first practice as a freshman in college. Oh, I believe Antonio that. Freeman says Favre dislocated or fractured seven to ten of his fingers. He can't even wear his Super Bowl ring anymore. Ooh, yep. And Robert Brooks had to get his wedding ring refit. Yeah. I would imagine. I mean, not only did he throw the ball as hard as anybody in the history of the NFL, 
he also would be like, oh, uh, Antonio Freeman, you have three guys on you. I see a keyhole. Let me try to throw it through there. Mm. And then Antonio Freeman would stick his hand out there or try to catch it, and you break hand- fingers. I always got a little joy out of breaking a receiver's finger. Was there one that really sticks out? Gosh, I mean, Brandon Stokely always complained to me. I never broke his fingers, but he'd always complain. I think he complained on our podcast once before. Yes. I had a few receivers at Texas that I got a few times, like B.J. Johnson. He was a, one of my top targets there where I got his fingers a bunch on like slant routes. That's those are the routes you get it. The short ones where they're kind of trying to see the traffic, and yet they're seeing a ball come at them. At I don't understand hour. why you want your receiver's fingers to get broken. I, Do you think just, it could help you catch no, it more? No, it just okay. it was like one of those things. It's like you know, uh, I broke my bat trying with my home run swing. I'm strong. Uh, all right, let's go to iTunes comments. Thank you guys so much. We are up to 254 five star reviews. Let me just. Read the ones in the beginning that are just gassing us up. Uh, Binge and cringe. Love the podcast. Actually inspired me to do my own. Shout out to Sims. Couldn't agree more on his opinions of Rodgers and the Packers. Thompson and McCarthy are wasting the prime of the greatest thrower in NFL history. Looking forward to the next episode and every episode from here on out. Thank you. That's another thing, guys. If you're just listening... McCarthy's offense sucks. Uh, <laughs> Giants, 3890. By far the best podcast. You guys are the Batman and Robin of podcast. What's it like being called Robin? Oh, it's, I thought I was Batman. Yeah, I thought you did. <laughs> so fresh, so cool. This is from Real Bears Fan for Life. Love listening to you guys, your takes on the favorite pastime. I'm a Bears fan. I'm interested in Sims' real opinion of the team's strengths and weaknesses, of course. Keep preaching, and we love all the content. This show is the best part of my weekly commute, and I always want more. That's cool, man. Right, Bears, real quick. Bears are one of those teams, I would say, Say secretly watch out for this year. I don't think they're going to the playoffs, but I think they're going to win some games where we go, hmm, I didn't think the Bears could win these type of games. I think their offensive line is super talented. You and I both know we like their front seven. Oh, man. Uh, their big thing is this. Shut down corners. They've done a little bit better in the secondary. I like that they put Eddie Jackson, the kid from Alabama, at safety. I really yeah. do think that's going to help. Their, their other thing is Jordan Howard, the run game could be good, but who's going to make an effing play at receiver? There's a handful of teams I can go through, right, where I could just go, man, they have a pretty good team. Like Cleveland last night, I want to go, Cleveland looks pretty good. They did look pretty good. But who's going to make a play when it comes to What receiver? What running back? A lot of good there. Yeah, maybe Corey Coleman, but Corey Coleman, yeah. He hasn't done it, so I just don't feel coming. That's what I would say about, like, Kevin White has got to show up and be that weapon for the Bears. Just so you know, the the big Twitter guy that people like on the Bears right now is Jonathan Bullard. Bullard's a beast, man. He, he's gaining like twenty pounds. Yes, and he's—I uh, know—he's playing. He's starting as a three-four defense end, and you yeah. know I like Bullard coming out. And I want to publicly retract something I said before: the Detroit Lions defensive line is going to be good. I need to reevaluate. <laughs> I watched that film yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, they're fucking huge." Ashawn Robinson. Oh yeah, yeah Ashawn Robinson. Right, the guy right. looks like he's eighty. Uh, OG rates everyday podcast. Please, please make this an everyday podcast. In all caps, it would cure my smoking addiction. Oh, we. We don't want to do that now. I don't know what I think he's talking about cigarettes. Oh, okay, fine. Uh, make Fendrick commit to the podcast. I love you guys the best. Squadcast Never. of bros. Squadcast of bros. Everyday podcast. I don't know. Don't smoke cigarettes, man. Come you on. You have you have too many jobs now for us to do a, a everyday podcast. I have a I have two jobs. I'm busy man. Right. You have now. three jobs. <laughs> I guess. Well, PF Pro Football Talk. Well, Notre Dame. 
Well, yes, you're right. Yeah. It's all NBC. I just counted it as NBC. Sims and Lefko keeping it real. This is from Sans27. Been listening since you had that awful theme song. I heard Craig Carton absolutely destroy that song. <laughs> Nonetheless, you guys have great chemistry and keep it real. I like how Sims simplifies the game for those who don't see it the way he does. You guys should do a podcast with PFT commenter and big cat of Barstool. Peace, homies. Oh, Should we have Craig Carton on again? I would love to. I would too. That was that was man. It was a, just a dressing. He down. fucking came so hard at me. He did. I think he yelled at me and said, "If you're here in a year, right. your life is a waste. You've wasted your life." People people really came at us and were like, "Man, Craig was Craig <laughs> he, was really mean." It was just so personal. It was just remember so... he texted you for like weeks afterwards. Like I really feel bad. He felt self conscious <laughs> forever. He kept want... trying to make deals with me on the radio, going, "Well, what if I come over there? I'll write an article for free." Or what if I come over there? And, like <laughs> he, he felt so. Well, bad. I want I told... him to come back here so I can beat his ass in ping pong. Oh, I would like that. Oh, he was an asshole. Just... Yeah, yeah, he was a dick that day. It was he weird. He was all made up. Uh, he came in. I think when he saw our setup and it wasn't quite. And we were holding. We were this holding, was on our old setup, so right. we were holding microphones. And then the song. Bah, 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 so bah, I think bah, when bah. he had that, he was just like, "Oh my god!" I just remember him going, "You got sixty thousand square feet in Midtown West and a bunch of people that probably care about Wimbledon here. What Maria Sharapova was playing today? <laughs> it was good. Uh, this was a four star review." And I don't typically read these. We also don't typically get them. Did we have a football question in that one previous no. to us? This? No. Okay. Uh, nickname for you. Commentary was great as usual. Faithful listener. The Gronk interview was so marketing. No answers and plugs were insulting. Please don't do more of this. The purity of your commentary should not be sullied by the quality of the interview just to get clicks. Blech. I will say this. I don't fucking like doing the marketing interviews. No, I, don't I like putting it out there. Uh, it's. I will say this. I was disappointed with Gronk at how he refused to answer anything because I thought I answered good questions. Also, he definitely did not know who the fuck you were. Oh, definitely not. I don't. I don't. Know. He was like, "Oh yeah, Sims." He handed out the papers and he watched the film. Good old. <laughs> and you like told him that already, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. He was good old film cutting Sims. But no, you know what? Nickname for you. I agree. It sucks, but you know what? Uh, we're trying, like, th- we get these interviews and I'm going to try and get them. I would much rather have them in here than, because in here we can, like, the Pew and the Malik Jackson. We loosen them up. We loosen them up. Right. On the phone, they got all these PR people around them and it's fucking tough. Yes. Um, all right. Kyle Mulvaney. This is a lot. Players podcast. This is the only podcast with real NFL insight. Sims is the most in-touch ex-player around. This is this is over the top. Thank Lefko you. knows his shit and could be a legit coach. That's not true. <laughs> I like it, though. Yeah, hire him for your team. I'm glad Lefko is with Bleacher Report. The analogies to owners' original professions to their organizations was genius. That man Lefko just thinks on another Lefko on another level. <laughs> I have an uncle that is a coach, and we discussed last season how the owners make all the difference. Um, one random quote, oh, Sims on diet and environment has truly changed my lifestyle. Glad to hear that. One random question. When is the NFL and Nike going to give up on Thursday night color rush and start a throwback Thursday for the NFL? Throwback jerseys would be the only thing that would make Thursday night games worth watching. I that like would be that. cool. It really would. Um, the color rush is not going to change, though, because that's part of Nike's deal to get that other jersey out, out on the market. right? And then he commented on Odell and said, just watch Odell nearly lose his knee in a preseason hip, and I hope he takes hit, and I hope he takes your advice and doesn't play another down until he gets paid. Man, I really hope so. I'm going to keep beating this drum. I really am. I mean, look at Aaron Donald. 
I, you know, Aaron Donald's doing it the right way. He's doing he's doing right by himself, which mm-hmm. is number one, and he's doing right by the players. Mitchell Neeson finally messing around and created an iTunes account. One thing I would change about the podcast is to bring back Stephen Nelson, taking it down low. We are going to bring him back. I'm thinking next week. In fact, it's happening next week if Nelson's here. Cool. We're going to do it right. We'll we might do even... it when Josh gets out of the room for his spreadsheet meeting. Exactly. He goes, I ain't gay. That's all I do here. He goes, I ain't gay, but that voice makes me feel some type of way. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate that. No, no, no. I am about... silky smooth. No, he's talking about Sorry, Nelson. Nelson. Oh, okay. Your voice is okay. Your voice is not Nelson's. Voice. I actually thought he was still talking about Lefko. I, I love how Sims and Lefko make fun of Fendrick. He's like Millhouse from The Simpsons, <laughs> but he can hold his own. When he scouted Malik McDowell, well, he started to grow some hair on his chest like yeah, a man. Yeah, yeah. Question for Adam: What was your mindset living in Hastings, Nebraska, as a career move? Any great memories, Sims? How was your time in Denver? Thanks. Why don't you start? Sure. Denver, I had a blast in Denver. Um, Denver is a cool city, a lot of cool people. Um, I was fortunate enough to at least know some people in Denver, really because of my my good friend Bo Scaife, ex-NFL tight end. He was from Denver. And then Kyle Shanahan being from Denver, I knew people there. So that kind of indoctrinated me into the city really easily. Um, But a lot of fun. Lodo, Lower Downtown, all that yeah. stuff, really cool. It is cool. And then going into the mountains for little trips. I don't even ski, but I would go into the mountains yeah. and, and have some fun. I love Hastings, Nebraska with all of my heart. Would I move there again? Right. No. Uh, my mentality was I just graduated college. I'm starting my broadcasting career. I'm going to bust my fucking ass. I'm going to be in there late. Yep. I worked on my off days to cover sports because I was actually a news reporter. Uh, I got paid $18,500 a year my first year. 19,000 my second year. Um, the, whoa. The, the thing, yeah, whoa. Big raise. Big raise. <laughs> uh, my... The the things I loved was I turned my garage into a party place with like Christmas lights and couches and so like I remember like all the beer pong games that were there. Right. Um. It, it was a work focus, but yeah, I made friends. I hung out. I used to go to Bullseye Bar and Grill all the time. If you're there in Hastings, Nebraska, swing on by. Yeah. I got drunk. I won a beer pong tournament at Reno Bar and Grill. Pounds to Jeff Schvendrick, my ultimate beer pong partner. What was my first name? Josh Schvendrick. <laughs> this is a h- tough segment. I like slur a lot in this segment. This one is Lucas from Denmark. Best podcast in the world. I gave this one a star because it's awesome. I'm a relatively new fan of football in Denmark, and I love your podcast. Not only have you guys taught me of what I know, what to look for watching football. I also love your views on health and the environment. Um, I'm so sick of the debate of what, of how we hate on Brady, Rodgers, and Beckham instead of just enjoying them play football. Yeah. I just mailed a letter mm-hmm. to David Baker to have Phil Simms nominated for the oh, Pro wow. Football Hall of Fame, Woo-hoo. so I hope that that helps. That's fucking awesome. That is awesome. Thank you for doing that. Quick question. Yeah. Would you rather have two great corners like Tlaib and Harris right. or two great safeties like Chancellor or Thomas on your team and why? Gosh. Thank you. Lucas, you're the shit. Thank you for sending that letter. That's awesome. That is, that's a great question. You know, I think if I answered this question three years ago, four years ago, I probably would have gone with the great safeties because I was at a point there where I just said, man, it, 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 it they can just do more as far as stopping the run game. I know you wanted to cut no, in no, there. No, no, I'm not going to interrupt. <laughs> they can do more in the run game. Of course, they can help out in the pass game. They can cover guys man-to-man. 
uh, like tight ends or running backs. But I think the corner thing is mm. is the way to go this day and age. Well, it's, you know, a few years ago, Belichick was about safeties, and now he just invested in corners. I think with all the the offense is getting a little more creative with the short passing game, right? Mm. The little inside picks, all those kind of things, all the inside option routes, all that. You got to be able to play man to man like twenty snaps a game and be able to stop some people. I also think it's harder to find corners. It is. That's that would be the next point. There's a lot of athletes that can play safety to the Earl Thomas Cam Chancellor level. No, no, but also a keep to leave. That's Holy a really shit. tough one. I that love is, that question. Yeah, great comment. Uh, just listen to the podcast. Uh, DRW six one three. Enjoyable, informative, great humor too. Keep on doing what you're doing, Chris and Adam. Question, what do you think is the most important position on either side of the ball to draft or sign when rebuilding a poor team like Chicago or Cleveland? Okay, well, I mean, they did the right thing. They got the quarterback, right? I, I still would say that's number one. I mean, I'll, after the quarterback, then I would go I would go left tackle. I really would. Um, I'm a more of a believer in build inside out, right, mm. than, the, than the opposite. So uh, then you go to the defensive side of the ball um, – I think the two things I would look for first as a pass rusher, I don't think I would really want to take like a D tackle if I'm rebuilding a team and I have a top 10 pick. Yeah. So I'd be looking more for that secondary difference maker there where I'd want a corner. Stud corner. Stud corner, stud hmm. safety like we saw you know, Jamal Adams get drafted by the Jets. Somebody like that that can you – know, the versatility comes through for you as well. Uh, if I'm lucky, question. I'm 37, currently waiting to have my ACL on my left knee repaired a fourth time and the ACL Damn. on my right knee a second time. Oh, well, you got you to do something. Some muscles in his legs aren't working right. That's just all I could tell him. I don't know. He's got to figure that out. But he's got a quad or a hamstring that's not working to full capacity. Dr. Sims. And leaving the ACL vulnerable. This is Derek Clovis. I was wondering if you could inform me of any players that have had success after ACLs. It would be my pleasure. Tom Brady at the quarterback position. Todd Gurley and Adrian Peterson at running back. Jordy Nelson at wide receiver. Mm. Jamal Charles at running back. Gronkowski at tight end. There have been a number of guys that have come back and have been really good on ACLs. I did that research for you because it sounds like you're going through some shit. That's tough, man. I'm sorry about that. ACLs, though, you can come back from it. I mean, like you're saying in the NFL, it's not that big of a deal anymore. Now in the NFL, you don't want the patella tendon. Yeah, you think Achilles you don't want micro are fracture, micro fracture, or Achilles hey, is the we're, worst. We're in the running for longest podcast ever. Okay. Perfect. So Time to wrap this thing up. Let's fucking get it. John Johnson, love the podcast, fellas. Uh, my dad coached DRC in high school. I'm biased, but I feel like he doesn't get enough respect. I would agree with that. Totally. Your dad uh, did a good job coaching him, uh, but regardless, DRC RC for a long time didn't get the respect he deserved. I mean, he was good in Arizona back in those years when they lost to the Steelers. Uh, he went to Philadelphia. Was he in Philadelphia? Yes, he was. He was, he was in Philadelphia. He was very good. The thing that people don't realize about DRC, he was he's probably in the running. Like I heard a few people say a few weeks ago, they were going, "Oh, if I had a four by one hundred relay, I'd pick the Atlanta Falcons. Up yours, I'd pick the New York Giants." Okay, yeah. Janoris Jenkins, DRC, Odell Beckham Jr., and you want to add Eli Apple? Sure, Ooh. they're going to beat anybody. Um, and in college, or or it's Sterling Shepard, but Shepherd. DRC is. Uh, Yes, definitely one of the better cover corners in football. Doesn't get any respect at all. I am Matthew Joe. Sims, stop getting $400 haircuts. But speaking of style, who's got the best fashion sense in the NFL? And who's your favorite Hard Knocks character so far? You're not watching. His is Riley Bolo. Mine's Jameis. Yeah. Jameis is fucking 
awesome. From what I've seen, I like Jameis, of course, the, the most as well. Um, the other question was what? the Best style in the NFL. Best fashion sense. Oh, gosh. That's a good one. I mean, Brady is pretty damn sharp. I, don't... I like Cam Newton. Cam Newton's is cool. Uh, I... Tyrod Taylor has underrated fashion. I think I think Odell with his kind of like superstar rock star look is kind of cool as well. Eli Manning is jumping to my head for some reason. I don't know. I just kind of like his outfits. I feel like they speak to me specifically. He'd wear that I, shirt you, you got yeah, on right now. You got now. a plaid shirt. He'd, He'd wear the... that shirt for if sure. If you rocked a bolo tie, you look like Philip Rivers in 2016. Perfect. Oh, I'm a huge fan of Rivers fashion. I like him. Oh, a lot. the bolo tie is fucking dope. All right, two more and then we're done. I promise. Okay, I have to get all of them. It's something we do here on the Players Podcast, the Speed and Spe- Size Podcast. I would like to challenge our listeners to give us so many five star reviews in one week that Lefko and I have to have an actual fight about him reading all of these. Best po- part of the week, the Reagan. Uh, big time fan. <laughs> love hearing Sims. He's the shit. Uh, I love dropping the knowledge on my friends and in my fantasy drafts. So he's taking your points Good. and he's using them. Just so, like Lefko. That's what I've been doing for four years. Watch Lefko beat me in the picks for year four again uh, this year. Love how Lefko is the perfect fit with Sims and you both feed off of each other perfectly. Sims, I'm a Nebraska fan and you beat my Huskers a few times. What was your favorite place to play in college behind, besides Austin, Texas? Nebraska. Really? Nebraska. Everyone says that. Nebraska's special. First of all, I thought they were conning me. I didn't even understand. 84,000 people. 84,000 people. I, don't, I, I know largest, you know the layout. It's the thir- when Nebraska sells right. out their stadium, it's the third largest city in the state. Yes. It but, goes Omaha, Lincoln, the stadium, every other place. Josh is so stressing out over here. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. But the, what they do in Nebraska, and you, you know this, but this is what's special about Nebraska. First of all, we were the second team in like 80-something home games to beat them there. They applaud you. They applaud you. The other thing they do, the locker rooms were moved from the stadium, so you have to walk through the, the grandstands. People are buying beers and hot dogs. And they and clap for you. They just basically put a yellow rope, and you walk in a single-file line. You're like, damn, I'm about to walk through the crowd here. Like, we're going to get in a fight. Like, well, this is not going to be good. And they're, like, wishing you good luck. Good luck. Hey, good luck, Chris. Good luck. Throw the ball good. And I was literally, like, walking on the field like, I'm from New Jersey. People don't do this shit. Yeah, what it's, is it's this? become a point of pride for them where – Good for them. They, they Now it's, Class, like, ingrained. Right. I love it. The question for me, too, was Lefko. You have a trip to Vegas. Who are the three guys in your wolf pack? Well, Chris Sims, Josh Fendrick. Chris who's your Jim, third? Chris Sims, Josh Fendrick, and Steve Wynn. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> That's my fucking wolf pack. I want the owner of the Wynn Casino because we're not picking up shit. No. And yeah, here's a free Ferrari in your yeah, way. We have to call some people for Last that. Last one. You guys are the best. And this one, it's not as uplifting. It's more of a commentary, but I liked what he said. Carl Muffin the seventh. Team. I have to say your discussion of what the NFL really is is unmatched. I love that you support the players. It's a perspective, and you're not afraid to talk about divisive issues. As a person of color, I am glad to hear your takes on Charlottesville, and I wanted to add this point to the discussion. To the people who say sitting during the anthem shows that you are against America, what is wrong with not supporting a nation that continues to honor slaveholders and Confederate generals, elected a misogynist, and has from its inception displayed a pattern of segregating, disenfranchising, and underserving minority communities? I say what Amer- I support what America could be, but we're not there yet, and we haven't been there either. That's right. Let's just keep fighting the good fight, baby. Here, just, here. All we're doing is we're everything that we do on this podcast is about honesty and is about what we truly feel mm-hmm. and is about supporting what we believe is right. And when all is said and done and you're picking up the ashes and you're looking at the remains, I just want to be on the right side of history. Yeah, I hear that. That's really it. Uh-huh. From players to people to all these things to politics. This is a very long podcast. I hope it lasts. 
Connor McGregor Mayweather. Oh, I'm buying. I mean, Mayweather. I'm rooting for Connor. Yeah, I'm going Mayweather. I'm rooting for McGregor. I commented on a Bleach Report Instagram post that said, I want to bet on this. Right. And I had all these people that were like, I'll bet $500 on McGregor, and I want to take all of these bets, but uh, Mayweather. I'm saying Mayweather in the second. I mean, I I don't think going to eight-ounce gloves is going to help him. I think it's going to make it Mayweather in what round? Mayweather in eight. Eight rounds. He's going to – because I think he's going to enjoy beating his ass. What do you think? Uh, I will go seven rounds. All right, I'm going Mayweather in, in two. We love you guys very much. This was episode 128. You guys are fucking awesome. You show it to us every week. Keep tweeting at us. Josh is putting on his calendar to be a part of the Simpson Left Go podcast regularly in the regular season. It's booked in. It's marked off. You can't touch Except it. Except I'm taking vacation next Wednesday. Oh, oh so sorry. Uh, what a Ah. Musical director Rod Sims, thank you so much. Simba. Simba, Rod Simba. You said Rod, Sims. My bad, Rod Simba. For Sims. Peace out, homie. For Fendrick. Good night, everybody. I'm Lefko. Holler at you guys later.